This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 381 for the week of June 14th, 2015. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Kanzen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzen Shu. Right, we, two of us right now, cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining in this exciting times. Here we are. Woo-hoo. On the weekend of a Dragon Ball Super preview, we are only a couple weeks away from, God damn it! we have a new series coming into our eyes and our ears. My name is Mike Vegito EX, and we got the Hoogio man himself, Heath. What's up, dude? I have arrived. You have arrived? It's been a while, so um, <laughs> I know. I decided, hey, Mike, maybe we should do something. You're like, yeah, I guess I'm free. That is a good idea. Let's do it. Yeah, it's been a little uh, over a month since the last episode, but that's a crazy thing, man. Other than this weekend, there hasn't been a whole lot going on. We've had a little bit of catch-up time, which has been great. So it has been really <laughs> thank nice. Thank you, Toei, for not having your shit together for a little bit here. Give us a chance to catch up on some uh, site work we've been wanting to do for a while. So it's been slow on news, uh, old content. It's as busy as it's ever been. So it's It's been uh, helpful for us. But yeah, all of a sudden this weekend, everything is picking up and cranking into high gear. We are we are on the cusp of a new series here. And so while last episode of our show was kind of that introduction to the most base of the rawest information, we don't have a whole ton more, but we do have a preview and that's going to be the meat of our discussion. Uh, So this is going to be one of those episodes where the news and the topic are one in the same. We'll be talking about the Dragon Ball Super preview. We'll be talking about other information that we know. We'll be making some predictions. We'll be doing all sorts of things. We'll see where this takes us. Yeah, we were just saying before we started recording that we've been kind of mulling things over in our heads for the last day here. It's been a day since the preview came out. I really don't know what I'm going to say until I say it. My thoughts are not fully formed. Uh, And that's the thing about a podcast is that I put them to the proverbial pen and paper. I guess it's the audio recording digital wave files coming into your ears and as soon as we release this my thoughts will have changed oh yeah because we're recording on sunday and a website update is coming on monday so toward the end of our topic there may be a record scratch and additional stuff pasted in who knows man let's not beat around the bush let's just get right into it we got a lot of dragon ball super stuff to talk about so let's do it Things have been quiet, Heath. Almost too quiet. The calm before the storm. It was indeed. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, we had a logo and there was much rejoicing. And then... Was there? <laughs> and then we were kind of <laughs> apathetic again. And then we got a preview. So we'll uh, we'll start with the the logo here. We've been talking about this for a while. You go back to all of the... I mean, all of the... You want, all is like two or three things that they've done so far. There's been an official website. There's been a splash in a couple things like V Jump and Psycho Jump and Weekly Jump. The promotional splashes they've done, everyone's been like, well, is that the logo for Dragon Ball Super? And we were really holding back on that. Like, it could be. Probably not, though. I highly doubt it at the time just because, I mean, we've seen them do that before. Mm-hmm. It's just stylized text to make it flashy so it does catch your eye, mm-hmm. but it is nowhere near an actual, we fully put time into making a logo here. Well, and then you can say, did they actually put the time into yeah. making a logo? But uh, we did end up getting one, and that logo came. Weird place for it to first show up. A scroll across last week's episode 
of Dragon Ball Kai, or was it two weeks ago at this point? Two weeks ago. Uh, Just scrolling across the screen, like, you know, look forward, Dragon Ball Super coming in July kind of thing. Which anyone that had been keeping track of Kai at all, they've been making this promo, this this scrolling promo text that goes across the episode. It's been going on for over a month now. And then all of a sudden, it was just like, wait, did they just tack a logo on? And that was the first time it had ever shown up, and it caught everybody by surprise. Right, and the, and the thing was, it was totally different from what we had seen in those promotional slashes, so that was a clear indication. All right, this is the logo. Heath, here's the thing. It's pretty much just the Dragon Ball Z TV series logo with the Z cropped off and the new stylized super slapped on there if you look at it they've added shading now to what originally was out there Mm -hmm. it's identical to the dragon ball z logo that they used for battle of gods and fukatsu no f Mm -hmm. it's it's the exact same part just with the z taken off and you know the subscript is a little different right they've added supa in there i mean the shading the color scheme everything perfectly identical it's just the old school logo with super here now here's the thing i mean if you are any kind of artist or graphic designer of course you're going to weigh in on what your thoughts here and even if you have no artistic background like us here (laughs) you have thoughts that you can weigh in with our buddy K over in Japan made the best observation, and that he ruined this. He's for me. ruined this logo. I for cannot us. unsee this, and it bought my OCD. <laughs> I know is it's just terrible. like going rampant. So the way that Dragon Ball and previously Dragon Ball Z was written here, it's kind of on this like perspective curved kind of thing where it swoops in in the middle and then swoops back out and towards you at the end which it continues to do except the super the cho kanji there which is read as super is perfectly flat it's tilted a little bit but it's still a perfect square and it doesn't have that perspective or curve to it so it just feels off and now that we've ruined it for everyone else you're welcome thank you k you're welcome everyone and he else. he even took the logo he and tweaked it, it. He, di- he distorted the end and pulled it up so it it lines up with the top curve and, and oh my god so much better that way <laughs> it looks way better because it looks like it's meant to go together uh-huh somebody somewhere thought otherwise or didn't think of and it and that's the look of that's all we can say can do with it i mean there could be a larger discussion i don't know if i'm willing to have that discussion which is if all they're willing to do with a logo for the series is take an old thing and slap a kanji on it that's not properly perspectivized. What does that say for Super? I don't know. I, I can see both perspectives. I can see the fan perspective of us being like, really, guys, this is what you're going with. This is so cheap. You know somebody just whipped it together. But at the same time, from their standpoint, from a markability standpoint, of course, it of course. ties in with the story of Dragon Ball Z. That is where it's supposedly going to fall or thereafter, from a TV standpoint, it makes sense where you have a recognizable logo. However, I've even heard from a lot of people, the second you look at it, you're like, wait, that's supposed to be Dragon Ball Z. What's wrong with this? Yeah, you you know what you're supposed to see. You're not really standing out enough as a new series, yeah. but it's, it's so 50-50. I don't even know what to make of it. And how many conclusions do you draw? I don't know that we can. And the, I guess the problem was it's things have been so hush hush. It was the only thing to talk about for almost a week and a half. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, people went a little crazy. And that was the thing. We that. had nothing. So then it was the only thing to talk about. And as it remained the only thing to talk about, it just furthered the flames of those. What is going on here? How do we have nothing? We only just got a logo and it's a variation of an old logo. And we're going to come back to this a little later on. I'm 
um, going to continue to steal things from Kay because he's written them out <laughs> so perfectly. Uh, we've all been thinking the same thing, but I, I like giving credit to where I'm reading these perfect summations of things. So Heath, let's dive away from the logo for a little bit. Let's talk about the Twitter account for Dragon Ball Super, which they started up a couple weeks ago. Which has been their only real marketing tool. All they have, other than, you know, the splashes in V-Jump and Psycho Jump and stuff, uh, Weekly Jump. It's there, and it's basically saying, hey, check out Kai. It's climactic the battle. The Majin Buu arc Majin is Buu. reaching its climax. Right. Uh, tune in. That's pretty much all we've had for weeks on for a end. while. Um, then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, uh, we're going to have a short preview in conjunction with the upcoming Dragon Ball Kai episode. Uh, there were two tweets leading up to this. One was saying there was going to be the short preview, and then uh, the next one also said that it would include a tease of the opening theme song for Dragon Ball Super. Um, so that kind of got everyone real excited, and the thing was, it was only a couple days before was it two days before the episode that we got this information? So it was kind of one of those, like when Nintendo announces a Nintendo Direct, coming tomorrow at 9 a.m. Like, oh shit, we got to get our, our shit together. Because it said the day after tomorrow, yeah, yeah. which is weird because, yeah, it's the day after tomorrow, but at least for us here in the United States. It's about a day and a half. It's like, yeah, yeah. the the time difference. It was really funny. And so then we're all thinking, all right, what are they going to show us? It's going to be the short preview. Will it be clips from the episode? Will it be something like those early Battle of Gods and Revival of F promotions where it was, is this truly final animation? Is it nothing? Is it just artwork and song and text? Uh, so we really didn't know what we were getting ourselves into until it actually aired during the Dragon Ball Kai episode. And we can say it was a 15 second shot of a preview, the short preview at the very, very end of the episode. It was after the next episode preview for Dragon Ball Kai. Which is something that Toei has done for a long, long decades. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's how a lot of the previews have come out, even for films mm -hmm. back in the 80s and the 90s. They would just shut, they, they would shorten down the 30 second next next episode preview into a really really short 15 second version and then they'd clip on a 15 second promo of something that's the thing i was curious if they would do it that old school way the way you described it was they like you said they would cut down the next episode preview it wouldn't cut to then new logo new background music it would continue using that we got a power mm -hmm. or head chala recap music yeah. and just start showing clips from the movie the up whatever the upcoming movie was going to be this one was that hard cut where the next episode preview ended we got the title card and then it started this totally independent 15 second super preview so that's what we ended up with here. it's it's like they were trying to put as much in there as they possibly could because they know that they haven't done anything to promote this. Right. This is this is I our mean, first look at Dragon Ball Super. See, and like you were saying, I was kind of curious how they were going to handle it as well cuz they just said a short version of a preview, mm -hmm. basically or a trailer. Well, when we had Kai, you know, before Kai was going to start back in 2009, right. they ran like an actual 30-second ad mm -hmm. with footage and everything right. so it was yep, like yep. well are they gonna do that or you know what are they gonna do yeah i was i was thinking about that old kai that first kai preview um we didn't even know at the time but it was dragon soul that was playing in the background and it gave us a real good look at what the footage was going to look like i mean it was the story so we knew what the story was going to be i just have to say i from a marketing standpoint i thought it was really odd that they even on the Twitter account, because this has never, I mean, I can't say never happened, mm -hmm. but with Dragon Ball, you know, when, when it came out, there was no Twitter right. or anything. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like it was really possible. So but, yeah, unless you're following the Twitter. Yeah, you would have had, I, I just thought it was really odd. Like, wow, they're actually announcing this ahead of time that they're 
because they had they didn't do that with Kai and say, hey, we're going to air a preview mm-hmm. tomorrow. You know, it's just somebody happened to be watching and they recorded it. Mm-hmm. And then it was announced, hey, uh, there was a preview for it yesterday right. after One Piece right. or, you know, whatever. Or someone's watching Mezumashi TV and they mm-hmm. teased a preview of a preview. I'm kind of surprised they didn't do anything like this. I, I honestly think up until now, they actually haven't had anything that's been far enough along they that they ready. can do anything with yeah. it. And it's it's really kind of sad. You think this week was the <laughs> earliest point that they were ready to show anything at all? I would, in in my heart of hearts, yes. Yeah, I, I do. My gut is telling me they didn't have anything until now. I mean, it's going to be a weekly TV series, so they're going to have to be ready every single week to show something. But the fact that it is Dragon Ball kind of elevates it to this different level, where you have to think about how early and how ready early are they to show things we all want to think mm-hmm. that they're working really hard ahead of time to have a lot of stuff ready to go at the start but that's a th- we'll come back to this we'll come back to you what is this production yeah, there, like? there's a is whole other discussion i have yeah i have many many things to say all about right this. so let's stick for now with the content of this preview again it being only 15 seconds and likely a short version of a longer one because we did have that tweet from the super account saying this is a short version therefore there's a longer version somewhere um so we open with the logo and we get a shot of goku wearing his jump super anime tour special outfit this is exciting i was completely blown away i i was i don't think anyone thought oh you know what maybe they'll go back to what toriyama had previously talked about yeah yeah so long ago i think it all completely slipped our minds that within this you know 10 year time period all these things have actually happened Mm -hmm. and so if he's back on earth and just hanging out enjoying the peace what's he doing man you you gotta farm some radishes man you gotta you gotta yeah uh we get a shot of him going super sign it looks like he's making a crater with a fist or something we have no real context Mm -hmm. for this um and then Right away, we see, oh my god, we got the kids here. So we have Goten and Trunks looking very similar to their Boo era incarnations, same as Jump Super Anime Tour specials, about same as Battle of Gods. Of course, they weren't in Revival of F, so we're all kind of wondering, what's the time here? That is the million dollar question, because there's nothing has definitively been said yet. I mean, there's many, many things are hinted at. I know there was a a tweet from the official uh, Dragon Ball Super Twitter account talking about, you know, what villain, what mysterious villain will appear next following Beerus, Lord of Destruction, and uh, the revival of Frieza. Well, yeah, you know, it's kind of weird because this this has been a big discussion, at least on our forum so far, and I, I tend to agree with some of it. Just because it says that, the way it appears almost, because of how people are dressed, their ages, is it in between Battle of Gods and Revival of F, or at least at the beginning of the series... And that's the whole thing. It's hard to place it at the moment because, well, one, we have no context for almost anything that appeared. Right. Two, it really could just be these are literally all shots from, you know, maybe a five minute opening montage of what's been happening. And then, boom, we fast forward. Right, right. I mean, we have no idea. (laughs) And that's frustrating. Very frustrating for a lot of people. I want to jump back to what you were talking about, just following the events of the way that's written is also very vague in that it could be in-universe or out-of-universe. It could mm-hmm. be 
Battle of Gods came out, Revival of F came out, and now Dragon Ball Super is out. Like the actual release chronology of these things. It could mean that everything they're talking about doesn't have enough proper context for us to make definitive statements about this. Mary and I were talking. So we see Beerus and Whis in this preview here. And so we're like, all right, if they're here and everyone's younger, could it be before Battle of Gods? Could it be like between the Jump Special and Battle of Gods? Well, Beerus is supposed to be a sleep there so that doesn't make sense so maybe it's in between the two movies but he's supposed to be asleep there but then again in revival of f he's supposed to be asleep but he's up and walking around anyway yep. so does beer sleeping even mean anything or the clip that they showed us which is just a still image is it could just that be a flashback is it is it a flashback of maybe yeah you know he's he's watching them fight at some point or he just flew by and stopped to check out earth i mean that's the thing is we're just guessing on all of this and for some people to be like well this means this and it's so hard to say that definitively it's great to guess and it's great discussion mm. but you can't really pull too much from this unfortunately if we get a longer version things may become much clearer yeah when we see other characters interacting together i mean think to battle of gods when we had scenes like beerus and king vegeta together if you were Mm -hmm. to in a vacuum see that you might be tempted to say oh my god battle of gods takes place in the past with the the science being infected and all that like it almost did. <laughs> but we got further context with that kind of stuff. So, you know, taking yeah. these one-off scenes, it's really tough. Like, we want to draw connections and parallels, but we have to be really careful about saying for sure what things are. Which is why a lot of the discussion I've seen, I really like a lot more of the, well, these are my theories of what I think's happening. And then people discuss it more than... Well, oh my God, this is taking place here. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. I want everyone, I I caution everyone, be very careful about how you say things because that's how misinformation spreads. So if you hear us being very, very cautious about it, that's because we're very aware that people are taking our words and typing them up somewhere and we want to be very, very clear. So it may sound- I mean, as far as we know, there are no Makaioshin in Dragon (laughs) Ball Super, but we cannot definitively say that. Right. So I I don't want it to come across as- kind of patronizing when we say now pay attention kids listen we're brian we're trying to be very very clear here but we have to be aware that this is how misinformation spreads and we don't want to be part of the problem be part of the solution so heath that being said we've seen the kids we've seen piccolo we've seen gohan and fidel gohan's rocking his kind of um end of the manga outfit he's got books he's got glasses the the um a lot of the outfits we see are really i want to say they're telling, but they're not because it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. Like you have Goku wearing his Jump Super Anime Tour outfit. Yep. Trunks is essentially wearing the same thing that he was designed for in the JSAT special, right. except his sweatshirt is short-sleeved here instead of long. Uh-huh. Then you have Gohan, who's wearing more of his scholarly outfit from, I believe, Chapter 517 when Trunks shows up right. to visit. An early revival of F as well before he gets on the track seat. Right. And so it's just kind of, you know, and then you have your standard like, well, Beerus, Weiss, just Kaio, Piccolo, they're all wearing the same thing. Right. Um. Well, and then there's Goten who's wearing the, his We got normal. a power outfit. Yeah. So, by the way, I really like Videl's sweater. Yeah, it's looking very good. cute. She's very cute. So, yeah, they're kind of, that's why I said it's so hard to come up with a definitive 
this is when it takes place because I don't know if they did it on purpose, but they threw a lot of things in from all over the place. Mm. And then um, the infamous, oh my gosh, he went Super Saiyan. And not Super Saiyan God and not SSGSS. So there's one thing that I just wanted to make very clear. Okay. And you can totally cut this out if you want. People have brought it up already. Oh, but he went Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. So he can never go Super Saiyan again. That has never, ever, ever been said by anyone officially ever. Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. It's mentioned one time in Revival of F by name. No, it's it's not even mentioned by name. Well, I mean, okay, Super Saiyan God. When Goku says, I am a Super Saiyan with the power power of Super Saiyan God. God, That is the only reference to Super Saiyan God in the entire film, (laughs) according to the script. And so I guess spoilers. Sorry. Whatever. Yeah. There's there's (laughs) no one that, you know, Goku or Vegeta do not go on this rant. Maybe not rant. I'm going on a rant. They do not just sit down to explain. There's no exposition. Now that we have this. I can never go Super Saiyan. As again. you know, I am able to turn Super Saiyan, and yes. because of right, we don't get that. You know, as far as we know, he can go regular Super Saiyan whenever he wants. It's up to him if he wants to tap into his God hey, powers Heath, Heath, or not. We live in a world now where Gohan Whatever. can go regular Super Saiyan in addition to his ultimate form. So everything is possible. That's you true. You kind of got to chill about it, and I think we're gonna take our own advice and chill about that. <laughs> I just. I sometimes I have to sit back and go, okay, well, this is the thing now. So what else about this preview? Uh, we got Vegeta, we got Piccolo. You mentioned some of the other characters there. Everyone's just kind of there. We don't really know what the context is for any of this stuff, but we finally have real footage from Dragon Ball. Sort of. Sort of. (laughs) It may not even be done. And that's, I mean, that's one thing we can mention. A lot of it is still shots where maybe a character moves their head or they're laughing, but there's no, besides Goku powering up to Super Saiyan, yeah, yeah. there's not a whole lot of actual animation. Well, there's the um, Goten we, and we, the we do have like Trunks fighting the dinosaur guy. Yeah, yeah. Giant lizard. I don't even, whatever it is. So what else can we pull from? I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. It's 15 seconds. Yeah, I got this question on Twitter okay. about um, Joji Yanami. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was just, oh, Kyo's in here. Do you think he will be back? I'll say it again here. My response is basically, uh, unfortunately, I do not think he will. Uh, the way things have been looking, other series that he's been involved in for decades, he has not reappeared. He wasn't in Revival of F. Uh, just the writing is kind of on the wall. And so I think before July 5th gets here, a lot of us are going to have to kind of collect ourselves and and realize that we're going to get a new narrator and that Kaio will more than likely be recast. This is uh, this if this is the case, this is going yes. to be one of the most significant changes in Dragon Ball. Joji Anami has been there since Dragon Ball episode 1 and was there all the way through Battle of Gods every single production. He has been the narrator if not also Kaio. Uh, there may have been an episode here or there that maybe he Actually, it wasn't the narrator. I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, but for all intents and purposes, he has been there the entire time. Him and Masako Nozawa are the voices of Dragon Ball. So um, I'm, I'm very curious how it's going to be with Dragon Ball Super. Um, yeah, I'm kind of curious if they're going to try to go with somebody that can kind of match 
his voice, so it sounds similar. Maybe no narrator at all, and yeah, maybe get I, a couple lines of Kaio to just have him there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really want him there. It's the kind of thing, like, to me, Dragon Ball is defined by Masako Nozawa, Joji Yanami, Shinsuke Kikuchi. I mean, like, these key figureheads, and we've been slowly stripping them away, unfortunately, from Dragon Ball. And so I'm, I get worried at, at what point does it no longer feel like the Dragon Ball that I know and love, and that concerns me sometimes. As it should. We will have to wait and see. I mean, time will tell. Fortunately, we'll know in just a couple weeks. That's the thing. So why don't we transition over um, to this part of the discussion? We have nothing else to pull out from this short preview. It's only 15 seconds. I guess one thing I can mention, because this has been brought up by a couple people, but from the the looks of a lot of the shots, uh, Tadayoshi Yamamoro. Probably character designer. a lot of it yep. this will be interesting if a lot of these shots really are just taken from the first episode i'm kind of curious to see how much involvement he has mm-hmm. i would i mean frankly i would be really surprised if he were not the character designer at least for the uh tv series part which is similar to what they've done in the past for the last two movies even though toriyama did the original character yeah, ex- explain that because toriyama designs the characters but there is a separate credit for character designer on tv adaptations right so basically yamamuro would come in and and take toriyama's designs and kind of tweak them to add more to the style that they are currently using on the tv series side of things kind of make like the style guide for what is this character right. here are the colors and the shading and these are the perspectives and measurements that kind he of goes stuff. M- much more in depth for each character so that all the animators know what to do whereas Toriyama's just like here is one single image of this character uh, do with it what you will yeah, Toriyama's you know? design is the this is their rough look and what I think the colors should be. Like we've seen Toriyama's design of Golden Frieza versus what was Yamamura's final movie design. So yeah, so in the last two movies, although Toriyama is credited as the character designer, there is a separate credit for Yamamura that specifically says animation character designer. So that's what we're talking and looking about Mm -hmm. here. And a good Monday morning to you two. Here we are with the expected insert. At least we called it this time. We knew something was coming. So I'm not entirely sure how much of that podcast episode is now completely irrelevant. I think most of it is still pretty okay. A lot of speculation going on there. Uh, We do have a little bit more information now. The official website for Dragon Ball Super did indeed update on Monday in Japan. Uh, Of course, they're ahead of us in North America. So it was kind of late at night for us the previous day. But here we are Monday morning for us. Looking at the official website, we do now have the main visual for the series. You'll probably see this popping up again and again and again as we move forward. So we see the main cast of characters, uh, some of them in familiar outfits, but then we have some new characters. We have what looks like a fat Beerus back to back with the Beerus that we know wearing basically the same outfit. And then next to him, what looks to be his attendant, another Whis-esque looking character. So perhaps this is another life form that you could call simply Weiss or not. Is it something else entirely? Uh, are we going to get the, what we kind of hoped would not happen, the, well, the other universes are just parallel versions of everyone else. Uh, if you go back to that Shu explanation of what the other universes were, the the inference there is that that was not the case, that it's not just evil Goku with a goatee out there somewhere, that it was actually an entirely different cast of characters in each dimension. But then again, we don't know that this is stuff from a different dimension. We don't know who these characters are. Uh, they are there 
however, in terms of actual real information, it's pretty much just that Tadayoshi Yamamuro is indeed listed as the character designer. I know we talked about that during the episode, maybe already, or perhaps you will hear that soon. I'm not sure where this will be placed in the episode, uh, but that's the only cast credit, uh, cast or production staff credit that's listed here on the site. They don't list music, although we do know that Norihito Sumitomo is coming back. We know that from the Sumitomo staff production blog. In terms of cast, though, um, we're pretty excited to see that Yuko Minaguchi is indeed back as Videl. Uh, Toshio Furukawa's wife, Piccolo, uh, his wife had come in as a replacement on Dragon Ball Kai. Minaguchi had been there for the new movies, but she was uh, in and out of the country during uh, the production of the Majin Buu arc of Dragon Ball Kai. We're glad to see Minaguchi come back. Uh, we do indeed have Koichi Yamadera and Masakazu Morita back as Beerus and Whis, respectively. And I'm, again, I'm not sure where in the podcast this will be. We are so, so relieved and excited. Joji Yanami will indeed be the narrator for Dragon Ball Super. That's a huge relief off uh, my shoulder. Here, so glad to see that. Uh, but in terms of real factual, solid new information, it's kind of all we have to go on. Uh, as of this recording right now, they do have a link and a thumbnail for the preview video, but it's broken. It says this video is invalid or the video is private. I don't remember what it says at this point. I'm not doing any more record scratches. I'm going to edit the show as is. And if there's more stuff, whatever, we'll cover it next week. I did want to insert this to at least be somewhat relatively timely. Then again, podcast, who knows when you'll be hearing this at some point in the distant future. It's all irrelevant. We already know what Dragon Ball Super is, right? Right? You're from the future. You know everything. All right. I'm bringing this insert to a close. Back to our regularly scheduled Konzenshu podcast. Um, all right. So let's move on. I want to steal words from our buddy Kay over in Japan. Um, we have been talking about this in bits and pieces as we've been leading up to the series. And Heath, you and I, I mean, we do financial reports on Konzenshu. We talk about every quarter Bandai Namco's merchandise sales and what the international licensing has been. It was a huge focus for us. Um, during the original broadcast of Dragon Ball Kai, what were the domestic licensing profits and international licensing profits? So I'm just going to steal Kay's words here. Um, you did a, a series of tweets. This is, remember, this is Kay in Japan, a Japanese fan saying this. I'm terribly irritated by Toei and Shueisha almost ignoring the international market and not being aware of what they're actually handling. They debut a globally awaited new series of Dragon Ball exclusively in a time slot that's not even simultaneously available within the the whole of Japan solely for boosting the domestic sales of toys and video games. What a smart marketing decision. I think, you know, it took him <laughs> three tweets to get that out there. I think that is yeah. a perfect summation of what's going on. And us just, I mean, when you hear and read us kind of like sulking back in our chairs going, what the fuck are they doing? This is that. We've been scratching our head because it really makes no sense. Be even when it was announced, just look at the global coverage. And that's the thing. We thought, we thought they had it. They did an English press release on the exact same day that it was announced. Like, oh man, they are finally in the 21st century. We were talking about this a little bit with Revival of F um, and being a lot more fast with um, licensing and getting theatrical showings out there and timing announcements to beat the leaks of certain things. Like, oh, mm -hmm. they're starting to get it. And we thought they were doing that here. And here we go. We're, what, two, three weeks away from Dragon Ball super and it's we have a logo and 15 second preview Ser that's all we have no one has this license and a lot of people that have been that follow just anime in general i mean if you go on twitter and just search there are so many people who are like 
laughing at Dragon Ball that like, oh my God, look at all these other new series. They're like no name series that like have character designs released, previews, like two to three minute long previews, logos, full websites, descriptions, histories. And then you come to a show that is globally known. You want to be like, really? Really? Yeah, there's this chart making the rounds kind of showing what every new TV series in this upcoming season has done, has announced so far. And Dragon Ball had the most gaping holes there. That's the thing. We're talking about a globally recognized, insanely profitable series. Dragon Ball Kai died in Japan and then went on to survive because of how well it was doing internationally and then they brought it back to do internationally cheaped out on it panicked put it on tv in japan kept cheaping out on it you really do have to sit back and think do they know what century we are in right now to put in just a slight bit more effort and just realize what's going on and what you have they really are going after at least it appears to me it appears to k as well going after these short-term gains to capitalize on basically dragon ball heroes where it should be the flip where dragon ball heroes should be relying on the franchise not the other way around they just have their heads up their asses i completely agree i could not agree more and and this is going to be really egocentric american-centric look where the english-speaking world you're listening to the show you're part of the english-speaking world we are look we're, we're the second biggest audience for this franchise yes it's done amazing in latin america in italy in germany in france in spain yes it's done insanely well in all those places it is not the same as the north american market the english-speaking european market australia um you know, all of north america canada i mean this expanded audience for dragon ball they could be capitalizing on this they have a partner ready to go that would love to make as much money as they possibly could hand in hand with toei and we don't know what these conversations have been like and a lot of simulcasts are announced you know right at the last second or maybe even two weeks into it but that should not be the case with Dragon Ball. This is too important, too long-lasting. Toei likes to talk a big about setting these bases of new fandom, indoctrinating new fans to then sell nostalgia to 20, 30, 40 years down the line. So why are they not doing their fucking job here, Heath? It's just, it's been so weird because when it comes to Dragon Ball, I don't know what it is, but Toei has always been, and apparently always will be, Japan first. I mean, it is just with everything they've done with Kai. I mean, it has just been, we're going to handle this. This is for us. And we'll kind of get to the rest of you when we get to you, which makes no sense. It's just this this is the Japanese way. And there's no way to get into this discussion with almost coming across as racist about it. But it's like, seriously, guys, you have Dragon Ball. What are you doing? It's, I don't know. You would think. As a business, you would just say, hey, you know what? I don't care what we've done in the past. We need to do it this way because it's not only is it the modern way, but just think of all the money they could make if they did this properly. And by properly, I all I mean is, okay, maybe we give this a little more forethought. Uh, we start things a little bit sooner and we have just a little more material and boom. I mean, just go on Twitter and look at all the international followers of their main twitter account every time they put out a tweet the first like five or six of them are all in english or french yeah exactly it's like are you kidding how do you guys not see this 
Yeah. But and I hate to draw the parallels to Sailor Moon Crystal. We've been talking about this a little bit. Sailor Moon Crystal, a total reboot of that franchise, also being handled by Toei. Sailor Moon Crystal, very, very different in Japan, where it was not actually on TV immediately. It was a web streaming only series, and we got it streaming here. Now it is finally on TV. But even Sailor Moon Crystal, for its very, very troubled production, got a simultaneous streaming over here in the English-speaking land, at least. What What is it about Dragon Ball? I mean, Sailor Moon is the other pillar of everything has to be as fucking complicated as possible with this stupid mm-hmm. franchise. If Dragon Ball's on that same level, why can't we have already had an announcement about a streaming partner? I mean, at the very least, even if everyone's going to complain about having to watch it in Japanese, having a legal option there that they can say, here it is. We we are Dragon Ball. We are proud to give you this new series. First thing in 18 years. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I just don't. I can't can't wrap my head around why here we are a couple weeks out and we don't know how we're going to be watching this. Yeah. Are we just being selfish? Is it just the I love Dragon Ball, I want Dragon Ball, give it to me? Well, I think I think what's hard is yes to us Dragon Ball is very significant. I mean, just look at what we've done, but it's so global. I mean, at least in North America, just think of how many people may not be huge Dragon Ball fans, but they watched Dragon Ball as a kid. They know Dragon Ball. They came into anime a lot of people because of Dragon Ball. And not even anime, just Dragon Ball as a franchise, as a show that they yeah. love. Look at what happened with Battle of Gods is sure to happen with Resurrection F when that hits theaters. It's just one of those series that transcends borders, languages. I mean, it's everywhere. You name a country, it is there, except for a couple. But I think the part is when you think of a series that way, and then you see other smaller series that are, you know, 26 episodes, simulcast everywhere, get all this treatment. And you're just like, why are you doing it with this when you could be doing it with this? Is it easier for those shows? Smaller production committees, right. less materials. But did they run the money, you know, like the finances and say, well, if we keep it all internal within Japan and then easier, we do distribution right. rights, it's not only easier for us, but somehow they can make more money? I, don't know. I I wouldn't think so, but... I have a couple thoughts. First is the anecdotes we've heard from even some of our friends. Um, I know Josh was tweeting about this a while ago. At the Resurrection F premiere, I guess some of the Japanese staff were blown away by the attendance, the number of fans, and they had to be told, like, this is a small event. Like, this, oh, very this small. is nothing compared to the fans we have. If we could let in all of North American fandom, you would not be able to move. Like, this is nothing compared to what there is. Like, oh, wow. You guys would need armed security and you would not be able to leave like this corridor of a building. Which is crazy. It's like, Heath, we've published their financial figures. Like, they have to be aware <laughs> of their finances. It's, it's huge for them. It's almost like they have no idea, which... Kay even said, he's like, do they even know what they have? They don't. So there was that side of it. And then just kind of going back to putting ourselves in the shoes of these companies. And I don't want it to come across as like being sympathetic toward these multi-million, multi-billion dollar companies. Like, oh, if only they could do this, they would be in such better shape. Like, I don't feel bad for them. But at the same time, it's could this be run so much better that would benefit 
everyone. Isn't that what we want? We want the company to do well so that the show can do well, so that the show can be good, so that the fans can enjoy it, so that then can cycle back all the way around and just make everything mm-hmm. better. Like we only want what's best <laughs> for everyone here. And that sounds very abusive in a way almost where it's like, I'm beating you up over this. It's because I love you that I'm hitting you here. <laughs> like, it almost comes across that way. And I'm so sorry that it does. But man, Toei, Jesus. What do you think, Heath? I think we're beating a dead horse at this so. point. I know. But so, this is speaking of abuse. It's cathartic for us. At least it is for me in a way. The, the podcast oh, yeah. is is that for well, me. Well, this is a lot of our behind the scenes discussion. Yeah. And so now everyone gets to hear exactly, it. exactly. We get to verbalize it rather than texts and chats and emails and hidden secret, oh. double secret probation forum posts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, all right, so why don't we go ahead and bring this all to a close, Dragon Ball Super? So um, at this point, if there's been any extra news, maybe it's already been inserted. I don't know. Let's look ahead to what's coming on the site and the podcast. Obviously, it's an exciting time. Um, Extreme Butoden, the new Nintendo three. DS game is out this week. I did, I don't know why I didn't just do normal FedEx. I did like the next step down of express shipping, EMS, whatever it is. So yeah. my Extreme Butoden should be showing up um, tomorrow. I already got the guidebook in. I ordered that from Amazon Japan. Um, and I saw that Jake ordered the game as well. So that'll be great. So Jake and I will be able to talk about Extreme Butoden in the coming week and weeks. I'm excited for that. And um, because we did Dragon Ball Super news slash topic, we didn't talk about this. And maybe this is going to be an announcement this week. But the Australian rating board put up a listing for Extreme Butoden down there. Um, And pretty much everything that's ever been rated down there has come to be true with a Western release. So hopefully we can look forward to Extreme Butoden. And again, by the time you're listening to this, maybe it's going to be rolled into an E3 announcement this week. Um, Nintendo, not not a press conference, but their live stream is Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, I believe for us, Tuesday morning on the West Coast. Uh, So maybe that's going to be rolled into that. Uh, Bandai Namco, of course, have all of their normal E3 announcements and that kind of stuff. So we'll be on top of that look forward to that hopefully this week um so maybe we can give you a preview of the game in japanese and then maybe we can all play it soon after that that would be exciting um heath there's been a lot of catch-up work as we were talking about at the very beginning of the show on the website uh your mm-hmm. manga guide updates holy crap there is now a page finally for every chapter on the website oh yes how's that feel oh my god it feels really good but it's like one of those you're sad but you're happy <laughs> right well you can look forward to super now yes so we have that um i think uh dragon ball z episode pages are up to 268 now um really all of them i think are pretty much up there we're just working out summaries so that should hopefully be up this week and while you're talking about that i do want to point people check out those manga guide pages you may think like oh yes. yeah it's just the basic information and summary and some screens and stuff but no i mean julian and you and jake i haven't done a whole lot of work in the manga guide but i know julian's <laughs> always going back in and adding extra mm-hmm. chapter notes especially the early stuff the things that julian has picked up on rival anything i have ever seen anywhere else in my life for any kind of analysis it's oh yeah it's unstoppable it's insane (laughs) 
So good. It is insane. So check that out. I don't know if you noticed this. I actually went into the theme guide and I added in official promotional videos for all of the new Kai songs, yes, that kind of stuff. I did see that. So there's um, a lot of catch up work going on. I'm trying to turn my attention back to the music database. Hopefully I can do that this week. But um, some older pages mm-hmm. that needed some updates. I did update the Bardock tidbit page with all that kind of stuff. I've been doing the same thing. Just new, staying on top of news and all that is it's been a full-time yeah. job in and of itself uh, combined with super. So there's, there's cool stuff going on. Oh, we've had some really cool translations go up lately, so we can talk about those. Yes. Everyone loved the playboy. Uh, I wouldn't really call it an interview. It was more of a, a feature article that did include quotes from an interview. Yeah. It's they, they essentially interviewed him and then just incorporated it yeah. into an article. And it was great. And it, lots of people have made the joke. Like I'm, I'm reading playboy for the articles in, in this case, it really is true. It's a fantastic feature article. Um, definitely mm-hmm. do check that out. A lot of great insight. Yeah, it was, um, it was a, it was a series that they had done within playboy. I think it, it spanned a couple a issues, issues yeah. where they would, they would pick a, a select manga artist, interview them and, and write an article. And it was right around the boom of when manga was really transitioning from Japan only to more mm. of a global market. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a really neat perspective. And this one in particular was in um, early 95, uh, I believe. So Toriyama may have known at this point that he was about to end the series. I mean, you look at when this article was published in conjunction with the manga itself, like it was coming up on, oh my God, the series is going to be over soon. So uh, the, the folks yeah. in the know may You can have known definitely that. tell. You can feel it. Yeah. Julian made some really great comments on it that when you put it in that perspective, in that light, his comments almost take on a whole new meaning, like this mm-hmm. refreshing sigh of relief. Um, some of the stuff Julian's translated recently, I feel like we, we actually have a candid Toriyama um, and they're all around this time. It's all around 95, 96. Heath, do you think it was just he hit that burnout and Toriyama for the first time just opened up a little bit? Yeah, it was kind of a, you know what, this is ending. So I don't really care. I have nothing to lose now. What are they going to do? Fire me? Yeah. <laughs> me? So check yeah. those out. This one in conjunction with that Wired one, um, I'll link them both. You really do owe it to yourselves to check out these things. So uh, Julian, amazing work on that stuff. There's a lot of money spent on that stuff, guys. So um, we really, really hope you appreciate it. And I do want to note here, I unfortunately don't have names up. Uh, I'm going to be contacting some people individually to extend some thanks. Uh, we've had some expensive months lately. We did get a couple of key donations that were helpful to cover some of those costs. I was able to send a little bit to Julian as well to cover um, he had a lot of shipping costs over the last half year Mm -hmm. so that that really makes up and helps for a lot of the stuff we've been doing so thank you guys on that um heath let's bring this to a close man i mean we've been chatting for a while dragon ball super was amazing Mm -hmm. we have a lot of cool stuff coming on the website we are excited we're horrified we're petrified (laughs) oh god it's this is really going to be interesting i don't know i guess we let's finish off kind of with a little bit of our own thoughts. I don't know that we really got into that okay. too much. I mean, um, I know personally, I'm still excited. For, for Super? I am too. Yeah. You know, it, it's new material. Um, Jake has made this comment that we almost don't know how we've gone so long without having Beerus and Whis and now also Jocko as well as part of yeah. this pantheon of characters. And to think that I might get some more adventures with them brings a huge smile to my face. And and I'm so thankful to Toriyama for introducing these characters in the way that he did and to have this opportunity to see more of them. And of course, there is that worry, like, I hope they don't overstay their welcome. So I do have a little bit of that cautious optimism. Yeah. There. 
Yeah. I think I'll I'll read one of Jake's tweets okay. since he isn't here. And and this is almost exactly where I, I am too. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Goku Farms, Gohan checks out a library book, Kaio drives his car. I'm super hyped. This probably should be sarcasm, but, but it not. isn't. Yep. I, know, I know. That that is so perfect. Uh, we've talked uh, in the past. Uh, I know Mary always likes to talk about movie, the beginning of movie seven where everyone's just out shopping, getting some of those moments. And I think that's why people love the driving episode filler. We need those breathers to really get into the minds of these characters and see them going about their daily business. It really endears them so much more to us. Not that they weren't already mm-hmm. immensely endearing just from the pages of the manga but to get some of this extra stuff and have it truly be in character and looked at and cared for that makes me truly excited oh definitely so i it will be very very interesting to see how this moves forward just because nobody knows what the the future holds i mean yeah from week to week we're not gonna know what's gonna happen until the preview comes out just like journey to the west and i don't know what will happen next week so stay tuned and turn the page to find out the remainder of the story it will finally be that i'm so excited Mm -hmm. and and see the nice thing i i guess i'll bring this up somebody made a comparison i think on on our forum about um previews i know Kay had posted a video of all the previous new series previews for dragon ball dragon ball z Mm -hmm. and gt yeah and somebody else made the comment, well, yeah, but, but new Gohan, there's, you know, all these new things that appear. And the thing I think you really have to put it in context, when those previews came out, people already knew who those characters were because there was a manga series. People in Japan had already read it. They knew who all these, yes, the preview for Dragon Ball Z shows Raditz, but everyone knew he was the villain. Everyone knew who he was. Everyone at that point knew he was Goku's brother. Right. With Super, I mean, no one knows anything. So for them to even come out and preview a new character would have been, well, frankly, it would have been awesome, but I'm really not surprised that they did. Yeah, we're not going to see that there. I mean, as much as we've criticized their marketing, this is the kind of thing where we're going to get a silhouette somewhere. Although we don't have much time left, so who knows what we're going to get. That's the kind of thing normally we would get a silhouette in Weekly Jump or mm-hmm. V-Jump, and then the next month we would get a reveal, uh, maybe not even a name. It's kind of like we did with Demigra, where we didn't have a name for right. him for a while. I think uh, one of my theories, though, is I we're not going to see a new villain, at least not in the first episode, but I think it would be a little ways. You think so? I think they're going to build into it. Yeah, I think maybe we'll... But that's my theory. We'll just get Beerus and Whis setting the stage for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. We'll see. Dude, let's bring it to a close. www.kanzenshuu.com. That is Kanz and Shoe. You can listen to all your stuff here. You can read all your stuff there. Lots of good material for you. We've already talked about what's up on the site, what's coming to the site. We're still working on how we're going to handle Dragon Ball Super. Not entirely sure. I mean, um, we can say that, Heath, right now where we have a Dragon Ball Kai, um, get a little splash on the homepage. Looking forward to the new episode we will be replacing Mm -hmm. that Uh, we do have an episode guide ready to go for super and by ready to go we have an opening paragraph (laughs) yep (laughs) because we don't have an episode title or anything like that yet but um yeah all that stuff is going to be built out on a week-to-week basis so it'll be fun my name has been mike this is heath over here wrap it up thanks for joining us uh hopefully we can see you sooner than later (laughs) 